Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drew Carter, Amber Wilson with you. Three hours down, one to go, home stretch, 60 feet if you're watching the Little League World Series. If you are, bet on Hawaii. That's my advice. They always win. 13-zip their win over Nashville earlier today. But we got to talk about some controversial topics, Amber. When we were listening to that soundbite with Canty and Carlin, the extended families meeting each other for the first time, there's definitely one controversial thing you don't bring up, and we all know that's Tua Tungavailoa's outlook <laughs> as he heads in to another year as a starting quarterback for the Dolphins. We know one guy who's a big Tua fan. That's his head coach, Mike McDaniel. It has been phenomenal to watch him grow. I'm so excited for him and to see his personality come out and then to see him. I mean, you'll see it um, the second you watch anything on the practice field. Like, he is playing the quarterback position with intent, purpose, a deliberate nature, with conviction. And players are feeling his personality. You know, I, I, I couldn't be happier with where he's at. Um, and he's, you know, you're watching a guy become a professional right in front of your eyes. That's Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Sounds like he's a card-carrying member of Tuanon. Amber, I know you love the Dolphins. Are you also a member? Uh, yes, you're right. It's safe for Chris Canty at his wedding. They could discuss <laughs> religion. They could discuss politics. You just don't bring up whether Tua Tungavloa is, in fact, the guy for the Miami Dolphins because that will just set the conversation ablaze. And I am one who doesn't know. I mean, I know that's a cop-out answer. I just don't know. I don't know how you're fully out on Tua, considering all the adversity that he has had to face in his young NFL career. He comes into a job coming off of, of course, major injury in college, a major hip injury that you're coming back from. He comes into a job with expectations, but he's got Ryan Fitzpatrick there over his shoulder. So when they do turn the keys over to him and he's supposed to be starting the second that he starts fumbling and they're trying to make a postseason, which is something that the Miami Dolphins haven't done a whole lot over the last 20 years. So it became like a very important goal of theirs. And then they went back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. And so they unseat the rookie. And what does that do to his confidence? Then he goes into his sophomore year. And it's like, there's all the rumors about Deshaun Watson. The, the Dolphins are, were very obviously trying to trade for Deshaun Watson before all of his legal issues and they were the flirtations between the Watson camp and the Dolphins were going on for a very long time then we hear the reports that apparently they were also trying to get Tom Brady so there was that as well it was like they were always trying to move on from Tua before he even really got a chance to get going and then of course he was playing behind an atrocious O-line Drew and he was spending a ton of time on his back he didn't have great weapons around him he didn't have much help in the backfield well all of that has been pushed aside because this is the year into his third year. And now you have to see from him that next step because we still have so many question marks from him, but now he's got the protection in front of him, at least to some degree, bringing in Armstead to shore up that line. He's got the receiving core and he's got the fastest receiving core in the league with Waddle and with Tyreek Hell. He's got the, and don't forget said Wilson. I mean, they mm-hmm. did what they could to really beef up this room. And then of course they brought in help in the backfield as well, Several names they brought in help. This was already an elite defense, so the Dolphins were already good on that side of the ball. They were able to retain 
the coordinators, even with the departure of Brian Flores on that side of the ball, but this offense should be much better. This is an unproven head coach, but right now it's also an unproven quarterback, and this is it. This is his final chance. It would have been a lot easier to replace him if the Dolphins still had two first-rounders in next year's (laughs) draft to go ahead and address that quarterback position, but they still do have one first-rounder in next year's draft, and I would expect them to use that on that quarterback position if they figure out this season that two is not the guy. This is kind of his last chance. Yeah, I mean, it's Rule 76, no excuses, play like a champion. Because you're right, Amber, this is the time when we got to see it with Tua. All those extenuating circumstances you laid out are gone. They finally have put faith in him. I mean, I feel like what you laid out with trying to get Watson, trying to get Brady, is a pretty big deal because confidence is crucial in anything you do. But I feel like especially playing quarterback where you you have to have – that bravado and that swagger that you are the guy every time you walk in that building. And Mike McDaniel actually said unlocking his bravado is a big key to unlocking Tua. I covered the guy at Alabama. I actually don't know how much bravado there is, to be frank. Everyone loved him as a guy, but he never really said much. Uh, He was kind of just to keep his head down and go about his business kind of guy. I don't know if he's that dynamic of a personality, but you don't really have to be. I mean, Tom Brady, for the majority of his career, was not a dynamic personality, at least on the exterior. We didn't really see it, what was happening inside the building. But for the majority of his career, it didn't really show a whole lot of personality, and it obviously worked out just fine for him. Uh, but imagine in whatever job you have, and, and for us, we'll use ourselves as the exam- example, like if three hours into this show, our producer Evan were desperately trying to call Chris Canty, cancel your wedding, we need you to host right now because this Drew guy can't get it done – I'm going to be like petrified going into the last hour of this show. And so Tua probably didn't have any confidence going into last season. Plus, you think about the O-line was bad. Plus, they didn't have great weapons. He finally has a chance to prove himself, but now everything's in place. McDaniel is the last piece here, too, because, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's obviously a hot topic every day, basically, because what's going on with him in San Francisco? He had the second highest yards per attempt in the league last year, and now nobody wants him. McDaniel is coming from San Francisco in a system that theoretically should set the quarterback up for success. He better do it this year or else he has no chance to keep that job. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people think that he's actually the mastermind there of Shanahan's success because he was his right-hand man for so long there, Mike McDaniel was. However, it was kind of weird that he wasn't being interviewed for any of those head coaching jobs on a, on a very large uh, coaching carousel that we saw this, this last coaching carousel that came up something like eight jobs available. And for some reason, nobody else was interviewing him other than the Miami Dolphins. So maybe that's a little bit curious. People love him though. So far in Miami by all accounts, I do think that if Tua was going to be Patrick Mahomes or even Justin Herbert, by the way, a guy that the Miami Dolphins could have drafted because, of course, they took two at five. Herbert don't, went don't to the remind Chargers everyone at in Florida. six. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is always going to look bad. I'm, I'm not sure what Tua could do here to change the course of that history just because they so clearly hit on Justin Herbert out there in Los Angeles. But can Tua be a decent, serviceable quarterback? Can Tua be, you know, a Matthew Stafford or even a Derek Carr? I think the answer to that question is what still remains to be seen. I'm not saying that Tua is going to turn into Tom Brady. I think even with all the adversity, we would already know that by now. But that doesn't mean that Tua can't be a very good, viable quarterback if you have the right pieces around him and what could be a very good offense this season. You've said a couple times, Amber, it's the fastest receiving core in the NFL. I'm with you. 
but is Tua the right guy to play with that receiving core? Because in terms of starting quarterbacks, where does he rank in arm strength? Especially if we're talking about compared to Justin Herbert. Then then it's not even close. Yeah, but the whole thing is they brought in the speed for yards after catch, right? Yes. Like nobody's going Good to give call. you yards after catch like the fastest guy in the entire NFL in Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. which is why I think the Dolphins were so willing to spend the big money on him because maybe they recognize that the arm strength isn't necessarily Tua's strength, but the accuracy is, and you don't necessarily need to air it out quite as deeply if you can just get the ball to Tyreek and then he can create something out of not so much. He was the best slant thrower I ever saw in college at Alabama. You get it to those guys, let them cook. If they can do the same thing in Miami, could be a good season for Tua Tungavailoa and Amber's beloved Miami Dolphins. Folks, don't forget, Candy and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We've talked a lot about the Dolphins. Will they be one of the teams that rises or falls in 2022? We play buy or sell next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? ESPN Radio, Canty and Carlin. No Canty, no Carlin today. Amber Wilson, Drew Carter with you until the top of the hour. Buy or sell? We got to play a little game show type game again. Our man Bill Barnwell does pay the bill on SVP. We have another money-related game show based on Bill Barnwell's opinions. And to do so, we bring in our game show host, Evan, our producer. All right, so Bill Barnwell wrote this column about teams that are going to have higher win totals in 2022 than they did in 2021. Then, you know, teams that they're going to lose more games than they did last year. So we'll start with the positive. I'm going to start actually with a team that wasn't in Bill's column. I'm going to start with the Dolphins, Amber, for you. Will the Dolphins have more wins in 2022 than they did in 2021? Are you buying or selling that? Uh, I'm buying it because now I have to buy it because I just went on this rant about how the Dolphins are going to be improved. So I'm going to buy it. I'm going to stick with my team. I mean, the problem with the Dolphins is that you've seen double-digit wins from the Miami Dolphins and them still miss the playoffs, and that's the problem. They need to at least make the postseason. This will be the season, I hope. Please, (laughs) football gods, this will be the season that they will make 
Make the postseason. It doesn't seem like a tall <laughs> ask, Drew. Just make the postseason. Maybe a wild card. Like just maybe, do it. maybe a wild. Not asking too much. Not uh, asking too much, man. I'm with you. Is there any any left of that? Because I'd like to buy some as well. Uh, nine wins last year. Mm-hmm. I think they can get to double digits this year. The division, pretty weak. Seemingly gets weaker by the day with how bad the Patriots' offense seems to be in training camp. I like double-digit wins for the for the Dolphins. I'm in on Tua. I'm in on Mike McDaniel. I'm in on the defense. I like Chase Edmonds, the running back they brought in. I like their skill positions in general. I go by that. I think they're above nine wins this year. All right, let's go to the column now. The Bills. Bill Barnwell, the Bills. They had tw- uh, 11 wins last year. Buy or sell the Bills more than 11 wins this season, Amber. Oh, more than 11 wins and a brutal schedule in the AFC. Um, I will say, I think it'll be, all right, fine, I'll buy. You know what? Yeah, I'll buy because we have the top of the power rankings. Drew and I have spent the entire show saying that that is where, in fact, they should be. So I better buy that they're going to win more than 11 games. Buy, buy, buy for me. Time in the market is better than timing the market. So I'm going to be buying a lot here. I love the Bills at 11-plus wins. I said earlier they were 0-5 in one-score games last year, and they were still 11-6. I think they can easily get to 12, 13, maybe 14 wins this year and be the one seed in the AFC. How about the Jaguars? Not not far to go. Like, they only had three wins last year. Doug Peters is there. Buy or sell more than three wins for the Jaguars in 2022, Drew? Buy it. How can they be worse than they were last year? Aside from the fact that they don't have a kicker on the roster this year, that could be somewhat troubling. I think they'll definitely address that before week one. Doug Peterson doesn't have to be, you know, Bill Belichick in his prime for this team to turn it around, considering the guy who was there previously. I buy the Jaguars to win more than three games this year. What you got, Amber? I mean, they might even win... In the open of their season when they face the New York Giants, but they have Houston on their schedule multiple times. They only won three games yep. last season. Thank I am much. definitely buying that they could get a fourth, which is all they need to do in this game. So, yes, I will buy that they will be somewhat better. And Trevor Lawrence needs to be a whole lot better than he was last season. He got a pass in his rookie year because of all the drama surrounding that organization. He's not going to get a pass anymore with Peterson as his head coach. The Broncos had seven wins last year, and they had eight-win team by or sell that with Russell Wilson, Amber? Uh, I'll buy on that. I don't think that the Broncos are going to be as elite as everybody thinks the Broncos are going to be, meaning I don't think that they're actually going to be any sort of real contender or a Super Bowl contender. They're also in a stacked division, which we talked about ad nauseum. But I will buy that they will get an extra win with Russell Wilson, who is a very competent quarterback, even if Evan doesn't believe so, if not an elite quarterback, like according to Drew. So I would say that I'll buy that they can eke out another win. Sure. I beg, I beg you, Amber and Evan, put some respect on Russell Wilson's name. We did respect it or check it yesterday. Respect Russell Wilson. They're not only going to win more games than they did last year, they will get to double-digit wins. Broncos easily over here, I buy that. All right, Lions, another three-win team last year. Buy or sell more than three wins for the Lions, Drew? Uh, I'm going to like leave this one on the table. I'm not necessarily selling it. I'm not buying it. That's not how the game works, Drew. Uh, okay, if I have to buy it or sell it, I will sell it. I guess selling it technically means they won't win more than they did last year. I'll sell it. I just I don't believe in the infrastructure. I don't believe in the quarterback. I will sell it. I think the Lions are either stuck on three or they go under that this year, Amber. 
Am I allowed to also not believe in the head coach? I know everybody else does. Everyone sold on him because of all the sound bites, and I get that Hard Knocks apparently is very good right now. Uh, I kind of want to do what Drew tried to do that I didn't let him to do, but now (laughs) I kind of want to do it where I'm like, push, you know? No way. Uh, It's hard for me to buy or sell. I guess I won't sell it because that would mean two wins for this team, but at the same time, I don't think they're going to far exceed it by any means because I also, and with Drew, I don't really understand the huge improvements from this Lions. I feel like everyone has just bought into the whole Man Campbell mystique, and I don't know if it's a reality. I'm one who's never been quite as high on Dan Campbell uh, as a head coach, as a Dolphins fan. So I will say that I will tend to, uh, I guess I'll- Plant the flag. Just say sell. I'll sell. Just sell it. I'll yeah. sell. We're both selling. I'll sell it. it. We're both selling. All right, let's go to the negative. Okay. The Packers, 13 wins the last two seasons. Buy or sell less than 13 wins for the Packers in 2022, Amber. Uh, I will say that I'll sell uh, on the Packers because I do think that the Packers – have some real question marks, even if you still have Aaron Rodgers at the helm. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to win another MVP, but who knows? Because I don't know what he was doing in the woods and taking whatever he was taking. It seems like it's worked out really gloriously so for him so far. Yeah. However, the problem is he's no longer throwing the football to Devontae Adams and all the Akwasa or whatever it's called <laughs> in the world. Whatever. You know yeah. it. I, I don't know. I don't know what that says about you, but nevertheless, nope. uh, we're moving on it. rapidly, uh, very quickly. <laughs> uh, Devontae Adams is not catching the football from him anymore, and yeah. it, it, either is Valdez can and there's a whole bunch of new names here that he's trying to create chemistry with. And I, I will say that they will win less games than they did last season. All right. Well, I just need some clarity on the rules here, Evan. Does buying here mean that I believe that they will win fewer games as in agreeing you're, with Bill? You're now just yes. asking this? Okay. So I'm going to buy. Oh, so now you're I, buying I, I agree. fewer. Got I agree. It. I think, you know what? I'm selling the Packers. You did buying, the game right. Buying that they won't win 13 games this year. All the same reasons Amber laid out. I still think they'll win the division as much as it pains me to say that. But without the weapons, and I think they got a little lucky in close games last year, I say they're sub-13 wins. Whether I'm buying or selling them, I don't totally know, but under 13. <laughs> so this is the opposite of what we just did, Evan, yeah. to be clear. Yeah. yeah. For we're these just, teams. We're just buying You're either Bill buying says. Bill's statement or yes. selling Bill's statement. So let's try this again. Evan's like, how is this so complicated? The Raiders hear, had voicing? 10 wins last year. Yeah. Bill Barnwell says they will have less than 10 wins this year. Are you buying or selling that statement from <laughs> Bill Barnwell? I buy it. I like it. how you set that up better. I, I buy it. I, I don't buy the anger from Evan. I can feel it radiating from here. I buy that they'll win fewer than 10 games, though. We've talked about this division and how good it's going to be. For some reason, I can't get there with the Raiders. I think they look pretty good on paper, obviously. The pass catchers are amazing. Derek Carr, is this the year he finally breaks through? and win some playoff games, maybe. I'm going to buy that they win fewer than 10, though, just because that division is so good. Uh, That division is so good, but I am going to sell what I think – what Bill Barnwell is saying. <laughs> and they'll win I, that many or more, yes. I think the fact that they won all those games last season and made a postseason in an unbelievably tumultuous season for the Raiders this season, I think they'll have consistency now. They still have Derek Carr, who's obviously the heartbeat and leadership of that team. But now he's throwing the football to Devontae Adams, who, of course, I just mentioned as the reason that I was either buying or selling with Green Bay. I can't keep it straight. I just think the Raiders are going to win an, an, more games than they did last season. There you go. That's the answer, Evan. All right. How about the Steelers? Nine wins last year. Are we buying or selling the statement from Bill Barnwell (laughs) that they will have less than nine wins this season? Amber. 
I am buying what Bill Barnwell is saying. I think that the Steelers are going to have a down season this season. I understand that all three of their quarterbacks have looked good so far in the preseason and in training camp. But no matter who they go with, whether they go with the Rook or whether they end up going with a guy who held Josh Allen's clipboard last season. Either way, I don't think that this Steelers team is going to be particularly good. There's a lot of questions here, including on that O-line for Pittsburgh. So I am going to, whatever I said I was going to do with Bill Barnwell's <laughs> statement, that's what I'm going to do. You're taking them under nine wins. I'm going to sell this because, again, I'm going to be Mr. Push here. I think the Steelers win nine games. Whether they start Kenny Pickett in week one or not, I think he'll be the guy at some point in his rookie year. And Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season, Evan. So I will take the Steelers to win nine games exactly, which I guess technically means I'm selling that they'll win fewer games. And that was a rousing addition of buy or sell. Uh, Probably the the most confusing one ever. Yes, and uh, Wilson and Carter just, we got (laughs) knocked down uh, the list of Evan Wilner's big board of uh, favorite fill-in hosts. I think we might as well. I think we might have just dropped a peg there, uh, not playing his game properly. I'm selling that statement. Well, I I feel like Tua right now. He's, uh, He's calling everyone to try to get a replacement for me. Coming up! As we move on from the buy or sell segment, do we buy or sell Dak Prescott's optimism in the Cowboys? That's next on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. You're listening to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Drew Carter, Amber Wilson filling in for the guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. We've talked NFL a lot today. And when you talk NFL, all roads lead back to Dallas and America's team, the Cowboys. We talked with Todd Archer a couple hours ago about how Dak Prescott might be having his best camp as a Cowboy. Let's hear from the quarterback on Peter King's podcast. Very, very optimistic. I think we're in a better position this year than we, we, we were last year. And I know what we have built here, the core, the leaders, and mixed with a great group of young guys who are hungry to make a name for themselves and getting this league running. I feel very, very confident about where we are and excited about where we are and just ready to, to keep building and, and get this thing rolling. Better place than they were last year is kind of saying a lot, Amber, because they went 12-5 and five last year. I know it was right. disappointing how the year ended losing at home to San Francisco, but I I don't really agree with what Dak is saying. I'm not picking up what he's putting down. Consider that they led the league in takeaways last year with an amazing season, frankly, unsustainable season from Trayvon Diggs. He's a great player, 
But is he going to pick off a pass every week like he seemingly did last year? I don't think so. Micah Parsons was amazing last year. Is he going to be better? I don't know how that's possible. Todd Archer told us earlier in the show that Zeke Elliott is going to be the guy. I think a way for this team to improve would be to make Tony Pollard their every down running back because he's a more explosive player than Zeke at this point. Sounds like that's not going to happen. I don't think they'll be better this year than they were last year. I was really surprised to hear him say that about Zeke and Tony Pollard. Now, we know that the issue with Zeke has been the contract, and this is a contract year for Ezekiel Elliott, but we also know how running backs age in this league and what that can look like. But when you have a guy on your staff like Tony Pollard who – had a whopping 5.5 yards per carry, 8.6 yards per per reception. He averaged a run of 10-plus yards every 7.6 carries last season. How can you not want that guy to be more involved, frankly, in your offense and to be more of the workhorse? Now, I understand Todd Archer was saying, well, Zeke, particularly in the red zone, that's his bread and butter. I'm not saying that they cast Ezekiel Elliott to the side, at least not yet. They're probably going to do that after the season. Let's be real when they get out from under some of that guaranteed money. But I am surprised to hear him say that Tony Pollard wouldn't at times be looked at as the number one. I thought he'd be utilized more in terms terms of running back and receiving as well. So I was surprised to hear that in terms of Dak's comment. I mean, first of all, Drew, like what do we expect yeah. Dak Prescott to we're say? We're going to be right? worse than we were last year. No, no chance. Right. I mean, I would love that kind of transparency yes. from guys in the national football league, but I mean, God forbid you come out of your Sammy Watkins and say like, the guy that I'm catching footballs from now is good. And then we yeah. spend three hours on it here on ESPN radio about how you don't think Patrick Mahomes is as good as Aaron Rodgers. Right. So that's why those guys don't end up being transparent because they don't want to give us any content. Dak's not going to tell us for real how he feels. There aren't tons of changes on this Cowboys team. Amari Cooper, obviously, though, is a loss for this team. They did lose one of their defensive starters in free agency that should matter as well. But overall, it's going to be a similar looking team and it is Dak's first time in years now having a full off season a full preseason a full training camp fully healthy so being a full participant in everything without any restrictions we'll see what that matters at this point in Dak Prescott's career I guess that's good news for the Dallas Cowboys you and I talked about it earlier though I just have a hard time getting passionate about this team one way or another and I feel like that's the worst place for the Dallas Cowboys to be because we're talking about the team that rates so well nationally it's supposed to be America's team and I'm just kind of like eh, yeah. you know like I don't think they're bad don't get me wrong like they're going to be a good team but I just I can't get fired up and put them as a Super Bowl contender I have a hard time with it yeah if if Jerry Jones saw the rundown for our show today he'd be stoked because we've talked about the Cowboys a bunch of times but if he actually listened to what we were saying he would not (laughs) be be he would not be stoked because we're on the same page here Amber like yeah they went 12 and 5 last year I think they can probably do something similar this year but I'm not stoked about their chances in the playoffs Uh, their defense last year was surprisingly good But like I said, that was built on something that's kind of unsustainable, I think, and and taking the football away over and over again. They've got a couple of big names, Parsons, Diggs. They're awesome. But outside of that, I don't really trust the defense as much as I do with some other teams in the NFC, namely the Rams. Right. Well, there's that. And then the fact that also, even offensively, Michael Gallup's coming off of injury. And look at the top of the schedule for the Cowboys. I mean, they open it against Tampa Bay. Then they take on Cincinnati. 
They'll get a couple easy ones there with Giants in Washington, but then, oh, by the way, they take on the defending champs in the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, it is a brutal schedule up front for the Dallas Cowboys, so they're going to be tested earlier, and they do have players working back from injury. I understand why you're questioning that defense. I actually do think that their defense is going to look solid again this season, but either way, I have a hard time believing that the way that this schedule is also working out, even with a full off season there for Dak, I just have a hard time believing that this Cowboys team is going to end up living up to the expectations that we always have for America's team in each and every season. We always do. Dak Prescott, he's not Russell Wilson. I'm not thinking he's going to light the world on fire. If you've been with us for the full <laughs> you, three hours You become the biggest Russell Wilson defender yes, and fan. And yes. unbeknownst to you, I don't think you saw it coming. I know. I, I didn't come into work saying that I want to defend Russell Wilson like my life depends on it today. But that's <laughs> that's what I ended up doing here on Canyon Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drew Carter and Amber Wilson with you. Only one way to end the show. It's three and out, including another NFL legend, Heading to reality TV? That's next on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN Radio. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Drew Carter, Amber Wilson filling in for the guys. And Amber, I, I got to get this take off my chest. It's one that I wholeheartedly believe in. Everyone says three things about their hometown. And this was inspired by a driving conversation we had earlier in the show. I got flipped off on the way into work today for absolutely no reason. I did nothing wrong. And that leads me to this. It Every- does probably sound like somebody who got like, I feel like that's what everyone says when they get flipped off, right? Like it was for no reason. I did nothing well, wrong. I'm just saying you oh, did explain the story earlier. It did legitimately sound like you didn't deserve it. You're right. But you Your have Honor, to consider the and, source. And I'll, I'll you know, admit I'd this. like to hear from the lady that did the flipping. Okay. And, and, well, I'll admit this. I ran a red light in Bristol, Connecticut today. I ran a red light. I, I was getting too ambitious with a yellow light. I ran it. If we went to the, the video review, there was conclusive evidence. I ran the red Hell light. Hell no. Yes. Thank you. So here's the deal. Talking about driving and bad driving specifically, my theory is that everyone says no matter where they're from, three things about their hometown. Mm-hmm. No one can drive. The weather is fickle. If you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that in a variety of cities and there's nothing to do. Those are the three things everyone says about their hometown. As much as we love where we grew up, everyone says that. Do you agree? I do agree that everyone says there's nothing to do. That one I agree with. The weather one, not as applicable to those of us who grew up in Florida. Although in Florida in the summers when it does rain, legitimately just wait five minutes and it will go back to sunny. That is a true story. But you don't have a hard time or you won't. You will have a hard time finding Floridians that are that are genuinely complaining, obviously, about the weather down here. When it comes to a lack of things to do, though, I will say I think that applies to everybody who grew up maybe outside of like a New York City. And even if you grew up like in a New York City, you still are probably saying it because you're probably like, oh, I don't you know, you're just 
I, I guess you just become too used to right. everything. So you become desensitized with, and then also as a kid, I think you become like a disgruntled teenager at some point and you're not yet old enough to go do like the adult things, but you're too old to do the kid things. And so you're yeah. kind of in this weird in between phase. So you determine that there is nothing to do other mm-hmm. than go to friends' houses or throw kegs parties in the woods or something. <laughs> Don't do that kid. That's what, that was terrible that. advice. Yeah. But yeah, you, so you determine there is nothing to do because you can't yet get into nightclubs and stuff. Right. You're probably right. It's probably, everybody everywhere thinks that there was nothing to do in in your hometown and then what happens is you get a little older and then you fall back in love with your hometown and you move back to it that's what just happened to me right right and i'm jealous i'd love to move back to minnesota where by the way you know i say everyone says that i actually don't say that about the weather because the weather in minnesota depending on the time of year you know what you're gonna get it's kind of like you get what you pay for if you're in minnesota if it's the summer it's crazy hot if it's any other time it's crazy cold Everyone says those three things about their hometowns. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Last 10 or so minutes of the show, Drew Carter, Amber Wilson filling in for the guys. Let's wrap it up with three and out, as we always do. It's only my second day hosting this show, but I already know the drill here. Amber. It's amazing. You are you are a pro's pro, <laughs> Drew Carter. You're just you're made for radio, apparently. Ooh, okay, yeah, love it. Nice. I All don't right. know if you want to be made for radio, so I say that tentatively. <laughs> I mean, you could have a future in this biz. I don't know if it's the future you want. Yeah, Amber. You may what be more of a play-by-play kind of guy. What, what do you mean by that? Is, are you no, saying, I mean you because you're because you're like, I look t- like I should ACC be? Network. Yeah, you're okay. play-by-play. You're very fancy. You know, mm. you could go anywhere you want. You're mm. very young. We'll see. You're already here at ESPN at 25 years old. The sky's the limit <laughs> for you, Drew Carter. But if you do want Wilson and Carter, you let me know. We'll make okay. it happen. Okay. Yeah. We'll, I'm we'll not really a, the authority on these things. No, I'm sure. We'll, we'll find a time slot. Evan, the executive producer, as we've known <laughs> him to be called during this show. Yeah, sure. Executive producer. I Give just us a promote people slot. around here. Yeah, Let's go. right. You do have He's that gonna, Evan's going to be VP by the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, Jimmy Pitaro. Evan's coming for you by the end of this show. All right. Three and out. Let's wrap it up. Number one on three and out. Deshaun Watson reportedly will mostly run the scout team in practice, including preparing the Browns for Baker Mayfield by simulating the former Browns quarterback until his suspension begins August 30th. Remember, the Browns are playing the Panthers in week one. So Deshaun Watson, I don't know if he's going to be wearing the number six jersey in practice running the scout team. This is kind of interesting. He only has a week left until he has to leave the team when that suspension begins on August 30th. But maybe this gets him more acclimated with the system before the season starts and he can come back later on. Yeah, I don't make anything of this story, frankly. We know Deshaun Watson is still able to be about around this team right now. I mean, he could be playing in the preseason if they wanted him to. I think they determined what's the purpose of that. Why are we going to roll him out more in the preseason than we've already seen him when then he's going to be out for so long because he's suspended for 11 games of the regular season. So sure, keep him there. Keep him running through some of the motions. Obviously, he is a quarterback coming back from a very long time off from football. When we did see him in the preseason, it looked rusty. Drew and I don't know if that was him reacting to the crowd and the booze because boy is that going to be following him for quite some time or if that's just rust that he's trying to knock off coming back from not playing football for over a year and so 
for them to just have him out there going through some of the motions, trying to get some of these workouts in. I'm not surprised that they're taking that opportunity. But at the same time, right now, they're committed to moving forward with Jacoby Brissett. They know that they're going to be reliant on him for the first 11 games of the season. So he's the one who has to get the reps. Unless, of course, they're just waiting for Jimmy Garoppolo to be cut on cut day, which is, what, next Tuesday as we inch towards it, less than a week away now. My guess is the Browns will be in that conversation if, in fact, the 49ers do cut Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like the 49ers are making one last-ditch effort here, pretending like they're going to keep him now just to try to get someone to trade for him because I think the Browns and the Seahawks are just calling their bluff at this point. Why would we trade anything away from him when you're about to have to cut him in less than a week anyways? Yeah, pretty smart leverage play from Jed York and the 49ers. I'm with you, though, Amber. He's probably not going to be on the roster, and maybe he will play for Cleveland. I just want Jimmy G back in the news so we can look at him on our TVs again. You said that, not me. Let's put that on the record. He's delightful to look at, that Jimmy G. Speaking of people you're going to be looking at a whole lot, if you're a video game fan, if you play NHL, NHL 23 has announced that Trevor Zegras of the Anaheim Ducks and Canadian women's hockey star Sarah Nurse are going to be on the cover of NHL 23. Yeah, light the lamp, cue up the horn. Nurse is the first women's hockey player ever to grace the cover of this NHL video game. This is awesome. It's about time. I mean, we've seen epic games between Canada and Team USA in women's hockey. This is really cool stuff. This is really cool stuff. Nurse said it's something that I never even thought was in the realm of possibilities because – That is how this works, right? That's why the representation matters because you just don't even consider it. Like you're a female athlete at the top of your game, at the top of your sport in an entire country, and yet you don't even think that it's possible that you could be recognized in this way on a video game. Now, what's funny about this is that they care so much about these video games, right? And being represented, but we see it with NFL players, like with Madden, and they're all fighting about their Madden rating and all that stuff, that these athletes very much care about being represented in this way on these video games. And so I think such a cool story for her and just such a cool moment that we finally got there to something that should have happened a long time ago. Does our resident Canadian feel extra good today in Ryan Matlack? Our ex, our resident <laughs> hockey Canadian, Matt Lack. There, he is. there oh, you go, Matt this. Lack. This warms the heart. Uh, this is really cool because a lot of people know of Sarah Nor- Nurse up north, but it's actually a really impressive sports family. Darnell Nurse, her uh, cousin, plays for the Oilers, and yeah. Darnell Nurse's uh, sibling is uh, Kia Nurse, who plays in the WNBA. So uh, just a little bit of a sports background there, and it's really cool that a lot of hockey fans you know, and just sports fans are going to get another look and a, and a great look at one of the promising stars. No doubt, and also Trevor Zegras, we should mention him, that dude. Not bad. He's a supernova. If you've never seen some of the highlights he put together last year, go and do that. And last one on three and out, Tom Brady, not the only former AFC East legend potentially heading to reality TV this fall, maybe on The Masked Singer, even though he denies it. We're waiting for comp confirmation on that but former Jets and Bills coach current ESPN analyst our teammate Rex Ryan was announced as part of the cast for this season's amazing race on CBS pairing with Tim Mann a probation officer and one of his golfing buddies would you ever go on the amazing race Amber? Amazing race. I I haven't watched much of it to be honest with you but it sounds like a show that I would maybe consider going on because doesn't it take you like crazy countries yes. and around the world and you're on this whole, uh, it, I mean, it sounds awesome, right? I, I I think it, doesn't it require some semblance of like athleticism though? A and little bit. Some tre- tre- a little tre- bit. treacherous, 
Treacherous. 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 There treacherous. you go. That's a word that I just discovered <laughs> I, I'm not eloquent with. Yeah. Uh, treacherous circumstances, I believe. Uh, Rex Ryan, I guess, uh, as a former coach, he should be used to treacherous circumstances. Mm-hmm. I don't. Are you surprised that he's the latest reality star out of the world of football? Because I am a little bit. Uh, not really, though. I feel like he was pretty electric when he was coaching the Jets. I think he'll be good for reality TV. I just hope it doesn't get in the way of his ESPN responsibilities because I'm a company man. That's all well, I care you, about. But you could fill them if you need. <laughs> Shoot your shot, Drew. That's how it works around here. Uh, yeah. Would you go on Amazing Race? I would. I would. I think The Amazing Race is an awesome show. I used to watch it with my family. I am big on Amazing Race. I would do it. Would you do Survivor? Because that one, I don't understand how it's still on like 400 years later. I think I would just because of that fact. Like there's such a diehard contingent of fans of Survivor. I think I would do it just for the fame. I have no shame in that. I I have shame. I would not. I would would go on The Bachelorette though. There's no doubt. Oh, well, there you go. You know, the real goal of The Bachelorette is to lose so that you get on The Bachelor. But you have to be like runner up. That's the real goal. And get some Instagram clout. You don't want to win the whole thing. That's all. Yeah, that's all I want. I might have to change my Instagram handle. Matlack, nice job with the music today. It was all amazing. Everyone behind the scenes. Thank you, Canyon Carlins, presented by Progressive Insurance. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus.